So hey, hey, everybody, this is HopeNet Studio 2501, Conversations About Mental Health and Wellness. And this is JoLynn Bright in the house, also known as JLB. And we want to first of all thank our presenting sponsor, Hoy Dell. Hi, everybody. Um, we love them and they love us. And also our generous community partner who is coming alongside too to help sponsor this episode. And on today's episode, we're happy to host, and I'm, I'm going to call it out and then only God knows if we'll change the title later, but <laughs> what came to me is grieving well. Um, just um, thinking about this being the month of August and also uh, National uh, Grief Awareness Day is on the 31st of August, and we have Miss Kathy Turner in the house. And I'm going to say some things first about how I know her, um, and then bring her in. She's just smiling at me, but um, she is our guest. We handpicked her, um, prayed about who do we have on to talk about this, and we reached out to Kathy. She is uh, my sister, my friend, and a co-laborer in God's kingdom. And so I'm just going to bring her on in. Miss Kathy, thank you for saying yes again and again. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, and it's an yeah. honor to be here with you, Jolynn. <laughs> wow, wow, thank you. Thank I you. feel the same way. So we, we're we going to get all gushy with each other, and then we will. Our, our listeners will be like, okay, that's, that's enough, enough already. Okay. <laughs> and I thought when I approached you with this, I said, I, I want to— I really want to hear Kathy's story about what what was grief like before, during, and after, because I know some of your story, but I'm going to let you um, tell the audience, like, to, to share, who are you? Um, yeah. I'll start with that. Let's start okay. with who are you, because you okay. wear a lot of hats, and you're very um, competent and I don't know. We, we're, we're just really blessed to have you in the city, too, here in Wichita, America, Wichita, Kansas. So start there, and then we'll just go where yeah. the, this leads us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have been here in Wichita since 91. Mm. Uh, Dennis and my husband came into town, and we were high school sweethearts, um, and we were farm kids from Missouri. and didn't Missouri. Have, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't have any intention of anything changing, and uh, the Lord had different plans. Mm -hmm. And so we walked the journey of trying to figure out what this meant to follow the Lord, what it meant to go into ministry. Uh, probably part of it was kicking and screaming. How we old were you guys? Uh, we were, well, we were 19 and 20 when we got married, and it was about, we were about 24 and 25 when we finally said yes okay. to God. Mm-hmm. So that took us on, of course, the journey of preparation for ministry um, to school and then came here to Wichita where Dennis was on staff at Central Community on the west side of town. But we had experienced enough time in church plants and okay. we knew that that was probably going to be part of our future. Mm -hmm. Didn't know when, where, or how. And um, the Lord just revealed and kept confirming mm -hmm that he had called us to Wichita. And so um, about a year and a half later, we ended up on the east side of town, mm -hmm. started Eastside Community Church, which then became, <laughs> yes. because of a, uh, an amazing name change, um, Christ Church. Yes, and it was hard for me to 
say that, but now that's all I call it. Because yeah. East Side was good to say, you know? Right, right, right. It was, uh, there was a lot of story behind that. That that could be for another time. But yeah. um, God has always been faithful, and yet at the same time, there's been a lot of heartache along the way, even in ministry. Mm. Um, we have two children. Our son and his wife have six babies. Only six? Only six. Wow. And then our daughter and her husband, they have four. So I am the proud <laughs> grandmother of 10 grandbabies. Ten, ten. I had two kids, but um, <laughs> we we jokingly say that Dennis and I learned how to do addition, but our kids learned to multiply. multiply. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that's a blessing. It's a it's a true blessing to have them in my life. I love that. And I, I've not seen them. I've not known them up close, but I've seen them yeah. at a distance and yeah. they're all just beautiful, like your little babies. They are. Yeah. They're gorgeous kids. Yeah. <laughs> and when you said that you and Dennis went away to school, it wasn't like you went somewhere in Missouri. No, no. We went <laughs> to Florida to school. We had never, like I said, farm kids, you kind of stick close to the ground, right? Mm-hmm. You stick close to the family farm. And so we had never lived anyplace else. We had never uh, gone to school outside of our location, um, our current area there in Missouri. And Mm -hmm. uh, we went to Central Florida, (laughs) went to school. And it was a a journey. It was was tough. And that was, um, I won't won't say maybe it's the first time, but it is a time Mm -hmm. that I experienced grief. And um, I probably didn't realize what it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that there are such varying levels and aspects of grief. Right. Not just a loss of a person. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not just a funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's losses of uh, locations and family and moving and everything from losing your favorite doctor that you go to right. and having to reestablish that to mm-hmm. your um, health. Health, grocery stores, I don't know, yeah. any any number of things, the way of life, mm-hmm. the way you knew it, the way you thought it would be, and finding out it's not going to be that way. Well, you, you took me back, like, I'm. this is not my podcast, I may owe you money when this is over, but <laughs> you, you just took me back, that the loss of things. I remember when Galen and I got married, and you know Galen, sure. and um, I felt like I changed everything. Like yeah. I, everything in my life yeah. was changing and the way I went to, I got, went to work, the way I drove home, my grocery store, my neighborhood, right. all of that. And it, I think six months into our marriage, I said, well, can we just stop just for a minute? Yeah. And the thing is like, it's interesting that you said, I didn't know what that was, but was I grieving in the transition? Was I missing, you know, I loved apartment living. I lived in my apartment for 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Right. Hello. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Anyway, but thanks for bringing that up and say how different it can be, like loss of a job, your health, location, all of that. Yes, absolutely. You know, I remember you talking about uh, getting married. We got married really young. Mm -hmm. I tell everybody, I don't know a day without Dennis in my life because we started, um, we started dating when we were 14. (laughs) And so, you know, I really don't know what singleness looks like. Mm. And um, I remember uh, I would have to go by my family farm on the way back and forth from school and um, to go home after we got married. And I remember 
being sad that I had to go home and I couldn't just stop in and get dinner at mom's. Ooh. You know, just, it was just the simplest of things. Mm-hmm. And again, didn't recognize it as that. And you know, what's interesting when you say that, because I thought about growth, because the thing is that we, we did want to be married. Right. You, you Absolutely. We did want to be with this person. Yeah. But the thing yeah. is that sometimes there's some grief involved in growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. some there's a letting go of something in order to grab hold of something else. Are you going to preach right now? <laughs> Maybe take, take your text, girl. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. There's some friends of ours and we use the analogy about the trapeze bar. Yes. And I was just talking to the Lord about that this week. I said, "Lord, I feel like the trapeze bar is swinging towards me." Yeah. And I want to grab a hold of it, but it, it means that I have to let go of what is behind, let go of right. that bar and, and swing to the next one. And the thing is, I won't know. I won't know unless I go mm-hmm. what he has mm-hmm. before us. And so um, thanks for bringing that up of letting go. I want um, people to know who Dennis was or yeah. is yeah <laughs> and um i want the audience to know i i know kathy and dennis's story from over 20 years ago so watching them come starting east side moving on to christ church and you guys were the the great people that hosted me and galen our 20th wedding anniversary in yeah. the atrium of christ church yes can you believe that yes. I, we packed in a hundred people in there because right. not the 400 that came to the wedding yeah not everybody got an invite but yeah. you guys were instrumental in that and just key people so but i want um you to to tell to introduce us to dennis yeah um he was <laughs> He was an entrepreneur at heart, um, and probably, uh, if you could call it this, maybe even now, a spiritual entrepreneur. Mm, and what I, I mean, yeah, what I mean by that was um, he had a saying. He goes, uh, "I'm just learning to build the airplane while I fly it." <laughs> and that's who. That's probably one of the better ways to explain who he was. He had more ideas than he had capacity to fulfill, mm. um, and yet he could he could actually clear out our our living room with our kids. I mean, he he. Um, He'd say, hey, I've got an idea. And we all knew that what that meant. And so we'd just <laughs> scatter like cockroaches because we knew we knew it could mean a lot for us. But at the same time, we were the ones blessed by um, uh, such a such a wonderful, loving father. I was blessed mm-hmm. by a husband. I have told people often, even though I've um, I lost him just two years ago, and we were mm-hmm. we were young at the time, 58, 59. <laughs> Yeah, I consider yeah, that young. Yeah, if you're going to live to be 95. That's right, yeah. that's right. Um, that um, my 39 years with Dennis, um, I am probably one of the most blessed women because mm-hmm. I have been loved by a man who loved me like Christ loved the church. Wow. And um, I know that um, that's rare. Mm-hmm. And uh, even in the midst of my hurt and sorrow, that is one thing I hang on to, that I was that blessed to have Dennis as my husband yeah. and to be his wife. Yeah. But I could hear him saying just ditto right back at you. Well, it, um, we had a mutual love. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we mutually loved and adored one another. 
and um, he was a wonderful father. He believed in his kids, mm-hmm. and he adored his grandkids. And he couldn't wait to give them ice cream every single time. <laughs> and I mean, he just um, he just was a godly man who cared, and he he led well. Mm-hmm. He led church well. He led the people well. He loved them well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for the most part, people felt pretty pretty safe with him. Um, and he he had a capacity to say the hard things. Mm. And, and still yet, love you. And still love you. Yeah. Yeah, he I really felt did. some of that a couple of times. Yeah. Because yeah. he just was a truth teller, too. He was. Yeah. He was. Hardworking, mm-hmm. uh, almost to a fault. Uh, a craftsman. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved putting his hands to wood and all things beautiful like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, adventurous. We got to uh, do a lot of traveling together. Um and he was absolutely, um, he adored pastors. Mm. And he longed for the opportunity to just bless. He, he really longed to be generous and to give as often and as much as he could. That, that's special. Yeah. That you would even bring that up yeah. right there. I love that. Yeah. I, um, just as, um, I was getting ready this morning and I knew you'd be the first up. And I just said, Lord, I just feel like it's like holy ground or sacred ground Mm -hmm. to even be um, talking about your story. I mean, your story is your story. It's not everybody else's story. But and and that's that's all we want it to be. Um, We're not trying to fix anything or anything like that. We are um, speaking into into this in a way to be helpful, but also to make it real and just having a conversation. And um, I just remember, um, I want you to tell the story, the before, during, and after um, the loss. So so even how you want to unpack the story of losing Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, COVID hit a lot of people and it came to visit our home Mm -hmm. and our family. You know, we'd gotten through, I think, probably a major portion of COVID without, you know, Mm -hmm. being unscathed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had had a lot of things that we were looking forward to. We had uh, processed COVID as a church. We had processed how to to navigate this for the church and Mm -hmm. continue on. Like every church was doing, it was and a lot. It was a lot, and it was a lot on the pastoral pastoral staff, both at Christ Church, but but across the city and around the world, mm-hmm. it it was really affecting a lot of people. And uh, we were, uh, and are, I am a very healthy person. Mm-hmm. Very, um, uh, we have no issues medically. Mm-hmm. And uh, really didn't foresee this coming. We had been on some trips. We had gone to uh, Colorado just a couple of weeks prior to. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, enjoyed some time there. Came home and uh, he was diagnosed with COVID on July 20, 25th. Um, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, 2021. 20, uh, 
and uh, he started getting sicker and 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 um, having some struggles with it. Went into the hospital on the twenty fifth. And that's probably alarming, just being well and to say I'm gearing in the hospital. That's right. He yeah. never he had never been in the hospital, mm-hmm. never been. Wow. Um, and so he went in, and uh, there was a lot of. You know, a lot that we didn't know. I had COVID as well at the same time. Mm. So it meant for quite a few of those days, we couldn't be together other than through seeing each other on FaceTime. So you couldn't even go to the hospital. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, um, he would, he'd been in there, he'd been in just a basic normal room. And I think it was around August 5th, somewhere around in there. I was able, I was released to be able Mm -hmm. to come in. Mm Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time with him, and and uh, he was, uh, you know, fighting hard. Yeah. And um, August seventh was our anniversary, and this is the kind of guy he was. I came in on August seventh, and uh, he said, "Look in that cabinet." And I looked in there, and he had had one of the nurses buy roses for oh. me for our anniversary. That gives me the chills. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we had we had our anniversary, and I thought, you know, I would try and bring in a a nice meal and we'd have a nice meal mm-hmm. and uh, bless his heart he was um, he was struggling enough at that point he was just exhausted mm-hmm. and I was with him uh, that night I, I just sensed that there were things happening and I needed to be with him mm-hmm. and uh, early the next morning uh, he was tanking pretty quickly they took him to ICU um, he was intubated mm-hmm. And from there, he um, he coded, mm-hmm. and uh, they got him back, put him on life support, even more than just the um, intubation. Mm-hmm. And he lasted for another four weeks. Wow. And, uh, you know, in that time, you're, you're hanging on to faith. You're believing mm-hmm. for what God can do. You know him to be the great physician. You trust that. Yeah. You're longing for that. You're, you know... Everything within you is absolutely doing all you know to do to uh, pray and believe for a miracle. Yeah, in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember watching, you know, the nurses and the doctors, they were they were doing their very best. They, you know, they didn't know what to do with COVID. Mm-hmm. But they were doing their very best. Um, and eventually you begin to watch because of the trauma that they have seen time and time again around COVID, Mm -hmm. they're beginning to disconnect from you as, as a person and it becomes clinical Mm -hmm. and it's understandable. That's where they have to be to survive. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I remember, I remember thinking, God, if you're going to take Dennis, Mm -hmm. take him, don't make me have to decide to turn off. Okay. Um, all of the life support. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get the answer to my request of the Lord. I uh, We were brought in as a family, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had made the decision to put him on life support because the, uh, the hope was that his lungs could recover. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctors told us this wouldn't be a fast uh, recovery to think of this more of as a marathon and a process. 
But um, after about a month, they recognized that there wasn't anything more that they could do. Yeah. And um, we could leave him on life support, but that's not, that's not, that's not of the Lord. In our situation, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we continued on. We, uh, we knew that uh, once we took him off of life support, um, the final healing, whether on this earth or mm-hmm. going to heaven, would be up to the Lord. Yeah. And uh, about 14 hours later, he mm-hmm. passed away. Mm-hmm. And it sent ripples throughout the city. It did. It yeah. did. Uh, and it was a it was a challenging place. I mean, knowing um, how to navigate this uh, in faith, longing for people of faith to join us, to not speak um, death, <laughs> hopelessness. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, wanting wanting the the congregation and the people to to stand in faith, and yet how to bring them in. It was, it was a very difficult time to navigate Mm -hmm. as a church, as a family. Um, it was incredibly complex. Um, but the, um, you know, I know that Dennis often said, even, even when he was in the hospital for the two weeks prior to ICU, he said, you've got to let the church know how I'm doing. Yeah. You've got to let them know. Don't keep them in hiding. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I'm not sure I did a great job of that, but um, there was grace for me too in that. And I think people understood. Yeah. And the thing is just to remind our listeners that at this time, he's the senior lead pastor Mm -hmm. at Christchurch. And, And the thing is, when we last saw Dennis, it was great and he's healthy and not knowing sickness to, to then say, oh, and Lord, what we see you doing in the city, what you see, we see you doing in his life and right. what, doing through his life. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think we want to pick and choose when it's over right. um, for people. And so I just remember that time with you. There's And there were so many people that were trying to, I, I don't even see how you could navigate that or even the church navigate it, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. because he knew so many people yeah. and um, so many people knew him. So it's that thing of what, what was, what did you find helpful um, during that time? Like, even though it was complex because it wasn't just you and your family, our marriage, our kids, our grandkids, right. it's a, it's a whole community of people. Yeah. So what, 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 what was that like? What was, what was helpful? Because we can spend all day and this podcast will not be about what wasn't helpful because right. there's all of us have been in that spot where we've said something, done something that sure. was not helpful. Sure. But what did you find helpful along the way, no matter where that spot is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there were uh, a few things. One, I knew uh, who to talk to, and they in turn knew how to get the word out. Okay, good. So that was incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they were uh, protecting me, and they were protecting my kids, mm-hmm. and they would do whatever I needed. Good. The other thing that was incredibly helpful in that time frame was the fact that um, – while I was also battling COVID, it wasn't near to the extent of what Dennis had had, mm-hmm. but I was also weak. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had people actually coming and staying with me. Okay. They, they took yeah. turns. Mm-hmm. They spent the night. 
They took me to the hospital. They mm-hmm. dropped me off. They picked me up. They brought okay. the food. They were they were doing uh, what they could, and it was a ton. Mm-hmm. It was a ton. Because it's really, it looks like almost long, you're in a spot of long suffering. Yes. Because it could have been in the hospital for a week or two, but no, a long period of time. So these people are committed to walk it out with you in this thing called long suffering. That's right. That's right. Um, He was in the hospital for a total of six weeks. And so um, they were, they were right there. Uh, One, uh, one beautiful uh, story is that we had uh, couple that were both nurses that okay. attended Christchurch yeah. and I could always call them mm-hmm. when I couldn't be there mm-hmm. and I knew that they would understand they were there and uh, such a blessing um I think I think the other thing that was always mm-hmm. helpful was to hear from people but yet um when they would say you don't need to respond I just want you to know. I just want you to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all think we have to respond to yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was overwhelmed by all of there that. There was no capacity. I had no capacity Good. for it. Yeah. So that was that was a beautiful thing um, to receive those kind of places. Um, and I think I think the other thing along the way, even since then, has been um, the friends who remain um, connected, you know, both couples or, or just women who remain connected and don't have expectation of me being at a certain place in my grief journey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but can just receive me where I am. Yeah. And they don't have to... Um, they don't have to, they don't feel like they have to change my mind about stuff. You know, <laughs> they can let me get mad. They can let me cry. They can let me laugh. Mm-hmm. And um, it's okay to just be right where I am. Mm-hmm. And there, um, there have been many, many times in the course of my time um, where I was, I mean, right afterwards, I was angry. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't losing my salvation, but I was mad. <laughs> At God. At God. Mm-hmm. Um, because there were so many times I was going, I, I can't, I can't do this. And I thought you were good. Mm. This put into question in my heart, in my mind, is God really good? Yeah. Um, how can this be good? Mm-hmm. I don't see any goodness in anything that can come out of this, you know, and what doesn't help mm-hmm. is the platitudes of, God works together for all things, <laughs> for you know, good. for for good, you know, and in all things for good. And I'm going for those who love Him, and I'm going. Well, <laughs> that doesn't feel feel good right now. Yeah. And and so I was really, really angry, and I was really hurt by God's no. Mm. And I felt like I got a lot of them, like His no to heal him, no yes. to turn turn things around, right? Yeah, right. And even the no to say. No, Kathy, you're going to have to make, you're going to have to make the call to turn off these machines. Mm. You're going to have to sign the paper. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to absolutely lose it that day when I signed the paper. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just get, you just get angry. I'm going, if God, if you're really that good, then maybe you're just not quite powerful enough as I thought you were. Mm-hmm. Or if you are powerful enough. And you chose not to, mm-hmm. 
What's that? What's, what's that about? What's that about? You 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 say you love me. You say you love my family. You say you love us. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And for about three weeks, I was angry. And when I I say often, if Kathy Turner's angry at you, she's probably not going to talk to you. And so I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Other than you know, yell from time to time. And I remember, I remember shaking my fist at the Lord. And I was out walking, and I was just that angry. And uh, immediately, the scripture came that um, Jesus was a man of sorrows, mm. acquainted, acquainted with, with our grief. Yeah. And in that moment, he took me, the Holy Spirit really took me to the Garden of Gethsemane. And here was Jesus begging for a different outcome. Mm -hmm. And um, his father gave him a no. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I may not quite be okay with the father yet, but I can come to my Savior. Mm -hmm. And he does understand. Mm -hmm. And he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. He went ahead and did it, even though he wanted a different outcome. Yes. And, and, you know, I know that you're so much of a deep thinker and a deep feeler. <laughs> your, your feeling goes deep. And what you just shared, too, with our audience is that, you know, people know the stages of grief. And it's so right. I'm so glad that you're just being honest about I was mad, you know, and anger is one of those things that come up for us. Yeah. And you can say it out loud. You said yours came like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of, a lot of times when, when God would say throughout the course of Dennis's sickness, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I kept saying, I don't like that answer. (laughs) I want the answer of yes, you're going to heal him. Yeah. And there were a lot of, there were a lot of points along the way, words that we felt like we were getting and what I just didn't want to recognize is that the way God was going to answer those prayers and, and continue out was actually, um, was actually an answer to where Dennis was headed, and that was heaven. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear that it was going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, um, what were you hoping for with him getting out of the hospital, living? Like, where in the world were we headed? Right, right. And I wasn't even thinking of the outcomes of what he might have to go through to get better. Yeah. I was assuming a healing would be automatic, immediate, Mm -hmm. full, uh, full, complete, Mm -hmm. back to the way it was. Yeah, let's go on with our lives. And, um, I don't know what that would have been. I, I can't answer that, but more of that's, the same clearing yeah. out a living room because there's a new idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it's been a, a long, long journey. I, I recognize too, um, as of late, the amount of trauma I experienced watching what was happening to Dennis. Mm-hmm. Say a little bit more about that. Well, um, when Dennis coded, and I was in the room when he coded, so was our daughter, and uh, I remember 
feeling as if my heart mm. had been absolutely been taken by an animal and just ripped into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then just shortly after, I mean, maybe within minutes, I went numb. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't understand what trauma does one to the body, to the emotions, mm-hmm. to the mind. And part of that was survival. That's, right, that's a, right. a gift of God that I am mm-hmm. not in the midst of, of um, the, the, the raw feeling all the time of my, my heart being ripped right. open. Yet at the same time, I have been stuck in mm-hmm. some ways, um, stuck in my own grief because of still being in that frozen place. Okay. And is that okay? I think it is as long as I'm willing to enter back into grief. Okay. And what I mean by that is um, I, I went through a couple of intensives. When I'm talking about intensives, I'm talking about uh, it, it's therapy uh, with a counselor, and mine is a Christian counselor, and he is in Colorado. And I go, I've gone various times in my life, but I spent two weeks, three hours a day wow. for 10 days. Mm-hmm. I did that shortly after Dennis passed. And then I've just come back for another week. So 30 hours of therapy mm-hmm. in two weeks, the first time. And then, uh, 15 hours of therapy my second time Mm -hmm. in one week. And what I'm recognizing is you cannot heal from what you, which we all know this, right? But you cannot heal from something you're not willing to see. Or name. Or name. Mm -hmm. Or even re-experience in some very safe Mm -hmm. way. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I'm when I mean safe, I mean very safe, with a person yeah. who can who can help us navigate that. Now I want you to think about this because um, I I know that you and I are safe with each other, right? And but we're talking to the world, right? <laughs> right now, right? And and so to be able to to navigate that or be willing to do that to enter back into that and I even I even knew today you telling the story again was another invitation for you to come back into that yeah. and to visit it yeah and then see what what what's what's up with that today yeah yeah there um I think I think it's a safe place with a a trusted person mm-hmm. I also think though the safest place is with Jesus mm-hmm. And I had to, to go back and experience it with him. Mm. And he was the one that began to put me back together. What I began to see was that ripped open heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has one too. Mm. Completely ripped open. by uh, Ripped open because of his love for his creation, because of his love for... Uh, the ones that he has he um, he has created and and loved all of this time, and when I think about how much he loves, in his perfection and in a perfect way, what he showed me was he he began to bring his heart, his ripped open heart, and my ripped open heart, and he brought us 
together. Mm-hmm. And he made us one. Mm. One with you. Yeah. And he was going, I want, I want my life now to flow into you and give you hope. Mm-hmm. And I am not negating. I am not pretending. I am not acting as if I don't miss Dennis because I miss right. him every, every day. Every minute. <laughs> every minute. Uh, you know, all of my life, I worked beside him, uh, whether it was on the farm or whether it was at the church. And I, I continue on there in um, my same capacity as a associate pastor there at the church, which I am deeply thankful for, mm-hmm. for a team of people who would say yes to me. Right. But, and um, not kick the widow to the curb. That's right. Okay. I am so thankful. Um, they have been so, so kind to me. <laughs> and uh, in my fears, because I was afraid of that, I was afraid of being kicked to the curb. I was afraid of a lot of different things. But in that time, the Lord just began to become one with me. And that has become my hope, my steady place, my my safe place where I can still go ahead and cry. I can still go ahead and grieve. I can still have all of that and mm-hmm. I can have hope. Right. It it is it is it is coming back to life. Mm. I can't say as I've been hopeful because I, I couldn't look at it and go and say, Oh, I know where I'm headed. I don't I still don't know where yeah. I'm headed. But did we ever I think no. we, we, we we felt like we did exactly especially in, in your situation with Dennis like I'm partnering with someone God's doing this we're we're, we're going from here to there okay. we have family but then you know when you stop and think right now when you get alone with him did I do do I really ever know we yeah. don't even know what the next moment holds that's exactly right I um I I came to that place where I go well why plan why mm. plan because he said so yeah <laughs> Yes, he did. And yet at the same time, I I also realized that my dreams, my dreams died. Because they were connected. Because they were connected yeah. with Dennis. We were one. We were, there's a union between a husband and, and a wife. And we were one. Yeah. And um, some people would say that's probably not very healthy. And maybe it's not. But for us, it was right. And so I think, I think in that way, I, I have now had to go and say, okay, my oneness, while I've always been a follower of Christ, my oneness now uh, is different with Christ. It is deeper, it is, uh, and, and there is something, whatever, however long he gives me here, mm-hmm. um, there is something that he wants me to continue into and forward and uh, that awakening of hopes and dreams, and I still don't know how to dream yet, mm-hmm. but I'm—I know it's coming. It's coming. There, I, as you were talking, I said there's someone who's listening to you right now that is a spouse, whether yeah. it's a husband or a wife, yeah. and they're like, "That sounds like my story." Um, I, I don't know a moment apart from them. Mm-hmm. And then this thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. Even if it was something that someone di- did, they know they had a long-term illness and they knew it was coming versus it's sudden. Um, but I think that they just needed to hear that. I want them to grab a hold of what you just said. And 
I think a lot of people that know Kathy Turner um, would say, man, that's really a sad thing that she's not dreaming. <laughs> but her dreams right. were attached to the union yeah. uh, that you had. So it's kind of exciting, too, to think about and to watch, to say, ooh, I, I think you're getting ready to have a brand new dream. I remember when you had a dream. Okay, are you with me? And we're locked up in that probably forever. Yes. And how it has impacted the city, has impacted those in human trafficking. I mean, like, hello. Yeah. If that girl comes out, I don't know what the next dream is going to be. Well, I've, I've told people I don't think I have it in me to build anything else right now. So, But then again, maybe... I'm going to bring you back to this recording. I'm going to bring you back. Okay. I do want to point out some things just like from the therapeutic side. Um, I love sitting with people in grief because a lot of times they're crying initially and they're crying every session, the whole session. And they're saying they, they no, no fail. I don't know if I'll ever stop crying. Mm-hmm. And I say, you will, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll not worry about that right oh, now. Okay. But I need you to move to a place where that you're just feeling free with saying, I just miss them. Or I just miss it. And it's okay to even miss those things that we talked about, okay, before not just having the funeral. Yeah. But in this spot where you are, it's okay for Kathy to say, I just miss Dennis. And whatever comes with that, that's okay. Because I think that's the whole, I really think it's the whole thing. Yeah. I just miss them. Absolutely. And so those are natural. And so the thing is being coming angry that's, you know what, I said, I'm glad that you were angry because it means that you're normal, what we consider normal yeah. in this world. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't know, I don't want you to apologize for that or, you know, it, those natural things that happen. And this is something that you and I, we did talk about this. So you guys, it was kind of cool to talk to her after she came back from Colorado this time. <laughs> but um, there's just some um, n- natural things <laughs> That, that, that happened, you know, um, just grief is just, there's just some natural things right. that happen. And what, what are those things that made you feel normal, that people normalized for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know that anybody normalized it for me, <laughs> um, other than, other than my therapist and, and friends who understand I think there were some people that were um, uncomfortable with my anger. <laughs> can I say that? Yes, you can. Okay. Um, and I think that there are times when people are uncomfortable with people in grief just overall because, um, honestly, I think they're afraid of what they see. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I... I've done the same thing. I I can't say that prior to um, Dennis's passing, I knew how to sit with people in grief, even mm-hmm. though even though I've had training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think we think we have to identify with them in some form or fashion. That says if my experience isn't exactly like theirs, then I don't know how to lament. I don't right. know how to grieve with mm-hmm. you. Um, I think God gives us capacity to enter into those places with one another. And I think he intended for us to understand more about the reality that we all have levels of it going Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. all the time, all the time. 
Shh, don't say that. <laughs> I know. And it, it, it's, um, but until we get honest about it, mm-hmm. how can we move through it? Right. And if we don't move through it, we stay stuck. Uh, well, I don't want to stay there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to say, too, because something that you mentioned earlier about I, I, it made me think of your body because my, my body going through trauma. But the thing is, the body really takes good care of us mm-hmm. <laughs> during grief. Mm-hmm. When, when it says don't eat, <laughs> you know, and you don't want to eat, you just don't eat. Or the thing is, I'm going to sleep probably 10 hours. Um, the body is an incredible thing mm-hmm. that helps us during grief. And I just want people to know that, 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 yeah. that, that, that's way okay. It will respond. Uh, we talked about this too, that I believe that from the womb, we come out with the capacity to grieve. Mm-hmm. We just don't do it very often. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we lose maybe grandparents mm-hmm. um, or, um, but something that people don't know, and I heard this before, is that when a child begins to walk, there is grief because there's someone no longer picking them up and they now have to see the world low rather than seeing it high. You know, you know what I'm saying? So when you see those grandbabies, okay, right now, and you know, and then you'll see the parents say, no, no, you can walk, you can walk, come on. And they're, they're saying, I just want to be a pie. I just want a different viewpoint. There is some grief in that. So I just want um, people to, to know that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, um, Kids always want to know that they're seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think I'm any different than that. And that. I just want to know that I'm seen. Mm-hmm. And in that place of being seen, that uh, I'm worthy of just a moment of care. Because mm-hmm. you really see me. Um, the facade that we all put up in this, in this culture <laughs> is that I'm fine, I'm strong, I'm self-confident. I'm aware I, you know, all of these accolades of strength. But it's a shield. But it is a shield. Mm -hmm. And at the core of our being, we are weak. Mm. And when we can admit that, then healing returns. I love that. Healing returns. And we are made to need one another. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you say that again? (laughs) We are made, we are created Mm -hmm. to need one another. And I'm not, I'm not created to do this in isolation or alone. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that. And I want to go back because this is conversations about mental health and wellness. You mentioned before this loss ever happened, I went and talked to somebody. Can you just, um, I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to talk about what, what freed me up, especially as a person of faith, to say I'm going to go and talk to somebody, yeah. whether that's to get help or whatever. And then um, also, I just want you to just speak in to whatever I didn't ask you that you wish you could say <laughs> that, that uh, offers some hope if somebody's in this spot mm-hmm. or that this can this can be done well and it is a process. So I'm a, I'm gonna let you take that. Okay, I'm there. Um. Come back to the first question again. Okay. Um, getting help. Getting help. Yeah, getting know? help. How, how yeah. I got to that place. And um, making, that it became, that it was okay. Well, desperation will make you do about anything. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> I'm just, I'm, I was just desperate enough, I think. Um, but the other, the other side of it is when we think about our own physical bodies, mm-hmm. there's no way we're going to try and do heart surgery on ourselves. If, if our heart needs, needs mm-hmm. a corrective surgery, mm-hmm. we can't do it. Right. When my heart, my, my spiritual and emotional heart needs corrective help, I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I just can't. And we need to have that perspective. Yeah. Now, trust in mind you. I don't want anybody tinkering around in my, in my headspace and in my heart that I don't, don't trust. trust. Yeah, because that is a relationship between the helper it is. and the one being helped. Yeah. And then the other side of it is, too, um, are you willing to lay down your pride in order to have it? Are you willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to walk through this? Mm. And I was. Um, mostly for myself, but there's been times when, when that wasn't even a value enough to me. My own being was not enough of a value for me to go and do this. I did it for my kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. And because I just didn't want, I didn't want them to have certain things in their life because of me being an unhealthy person. Okay. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, um, I don't think it's a, as much a weakness as much as it is probably one of the most courageous things you can do for yourself. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it's, I think it's, um, a gift when you find that person that you can process this with. Mm-hmm. Um, what about that hope? That hope. Are you gonna yeah. Give somebody some yeah, hope? yeah. Yeah. Um, even in the midst of feeling like you're alone, mm-hmm. because that's what grief does. It isolates. It has the capacity to isolate you. Even when you feel that, I want you to know you're not alone. Um, and you may be a, you know, I know this is going out to who knows who, but even if you don't necessarily believe in God, mm-hmm. um, I just want to encourage you to investigate. Would you just take the, take the journey of investigating? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're really not alone. Mm-hmm. While it feels like it, that is a tactic of every enemy attack that I know of is divide and conquer. Mm. And if he can divide and, and isolate and put you off in a location on your own by yourself, Mm. you are prime pickings Mm. for his schemes. And so, um, we need, we need a savior. Mm -hmm. All of us do. And he is our hope. Mm-hmm. He is our hope. And um, every person on the face of the planet has lamented and grieved. Mm-hmm. You are not unique to that. You're right. Right. It's the human experience. It is the human experience. And yeah. we try to we try to cover it up in every way we can. And we try to anesthetize it with every kind of form of addiction that we can. And I understand it because it hurts. Mm -hmm. It just out and out 
hurts. We want, we want the pain to go away. We just want it to go away. Yeah. One of the best ways, though, is for it to really be healed instead of numbed. Mm. And um, we wouldn't turn down a life-giving surgery on our body if it meant we would get another X number of years in health. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't we shouldn't turn down help with our grief because we have more to live for. Mm. And we get to dream again. We get to dream again. Somehow, some Somehow. way, we're going to dream again. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. This has been good. I, I, mean, hope, it, I hope it's helpful. It, it is. It is great. I've had chills too many times. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not too many, but a lot of times in here. And I just thank you. I just, I just once again, just feel privileged to be able to sit with you. Thank you, friend. And, yeah. Thank you. And um, we're going to say that's all. We're going to, we're not going to let you hang out with us anymore right now. We can okay. go, we could, t- we could talk, not we you. Can- <laughs> I'm talking about those people that are listening to us that like, we could go on and on forever. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Maybe, maybe there'll be a part two sometime. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to talk about, we'll figure out all the things we want to talk about. Remember <laughs> like you good. said we wanted to be Thelma and Louise, <laughs> yes. like right after Dennis yes. passed away, we were together and I'm yeah. like, uh, I don't know about that because don't they drive off? <laughs> That's right. They drive off the cliff. <laughs> so anyway, whatever we're supposed to be doing together, God will make sure that that yes. happens. Yes. And when, this was one of those things. And we just want to thank you again and again. And we want to thank our sponsors. Once again, Hoydale and our community partners for coming alongside and sponsoring this episode. And we just pray that there's something. I always say this. I know that there is something that you are going to find beneficial that something's going to be helpful something's going to stick in your spirit to think about make sure you act on it make sure you do that Mm -hmm. um grab a hold of hope that kathy has offered to us today and as i always end i'm just going to say this bless you thanks for listening to studio 2501 Conversations about mental health and wellness. Studio 2501 is hosted by Joe Lynn Bright. Joe Lynn is HopeNet's Director of Community Impact, a published author, and has been a licensed clinical therapist for over 20 years. This podcast is owned and operated by HopeNet in Wichita, Kansas. HopeNet is a faith-based nonprofit providing a wide range of mental health and wellness services, including counseling, life coaching, and trainings. For more information on HopeNet and to learn how you can help expand our mission, visit hopenetwichita.org and follow us on social media at HopeNet Wichita. Thank you.